figured since we're going to be doing so much talking over the next 23 minutes, I could use this as a vocal warm-up for the funeral. So, Oh, yes. We, we are recording this earlier in the morning. If you I, hear me go high and then low. It's I, just, I have to warm up my voice as well. No, it's your knees. You just talked about My knees. Just, I talked about that in the homily. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. It's good to be with all of you. Hello, Halloween, everybody. The 31st Sunday on the 31st of October. I was going to say, you've been waiting to be able to say that. This is very exciting. I've oh. also been waiting for costumes, but that's well. I, it's only my third and, time. And you've also out. been asking waiting for me to ask how many Sundays of ordinary time are there? No, I haven't. Cause you ask me every year it's 34 sometimes, but this year it's 33. Right. So we it, are almost at the end of the church calendar. We've been doing this podcast too long. It's, yes. Well, you know, last week we talked about, uh, November 1st as a holy day. And we talked about what holy days are. What I did not talk about last week was mm-hmm. November 2nd. Right. We, you get you've got scone in your mouth. Let just, me do the talking. You they, you chew quietly. I'm going to talk. They're hearing the pattern and how we record this thing now. <laughs> okay, so just a little morning snack. Yeah, we could call it a coffee clutch with with the klutzes. <laughs> with the klutzes. Yeah. All right. Now, so all souls. Okay. All souls is November second. Yes. And that has grown to be a, a rather significant day in many parishes because lots of places like ours have a special mass, and we invite family members in for anybody who has died during the past year. So it's not just families of parishioners who have died, but family members who have lost a relative, a close relative, that that we know about. Sometimes people don't tell us that, you know, grandma died in Charlotte, North Carolina. Sure. Uh, But if we know about it, we usually include their names in the petitions and in the bulletin, and then uh, Sister Anne Mary very dutifully sends out an invitation to all those families to come in yeah. and all their names are put on a big board and we read them aloud. It's a, a beautiful mass. It is. It's something that we consciously work at here at John the 23rd to be inclusive of p- families that have lost somebody throughout the year. I even, even when I see something on, you know, if I'm going through social media and I see somebody from the parish that has talked about someone died, I'll usually reach out to them and try to get a name so that we can add it to the list or uh, to the pre- petition. Precisely. We, yeah. we, it, it's very uh, holy, sacred time. But I think what I want to address is what we call the communion of saints in the Catholic Church. It's one of the doctrines that I, again, have learned over the years is very significant. Probably as a kid, uh, it was one of those I learned in catechism and somewhere stuck it in the back of my mind. I didn't forget it, yeah. but I don't know that it applied to me. But the communion of saints is our belief that in a mystical way, the people on earth and the people who have died before us are all connected. Mm. And uh, we're connected not just by remembering the dead, but we're connected because we believe the dead are called to life in Christ, the risen Lord. And if we are one with the Lord on this earth and they are one with the Lord beyond the earth, and through the Lord, we are still one with them. And somehow this mystical connection uh, we call the communion of saints, it, it includes those who are the canonized saints, but it also includes everybody else that, uh, that we continue to pray for. I have two thoughts about that. The, do you want to know what they are? Please. Okay. I, I've been waiting to hear yeah, from I need you. to talk. <laughs> yes. Now, now that you have swallowed the scone. Uh, there's still a good portion of it sitting over here. 
Uh, my first thought is I was just talking to somebody the other day that recently lost a parent and their comment was, I expected to feel some sort of connection after my parent died, but I don't, and I don't know what to make of that. And I thought that was an interesting perspective that there was an expectation of some sort to feel a, a connection after we lose someone and then maybe a disappointment that it isn't necessarily there. My immediate response to that is, first of all, that's probably pretty good that they expected a connection or to feel it. Yeah. Uh, I am always leery of uh, feelings. Sure. But we're such feeling-driven people. Yeah. Many people do have feelings. Some people say, oh, I know my 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 spouse is still with me. Yeah. Um, I remember my mother talked about that after dad's death. You know, she said, I, I could feel him in the car. Mm. You know, she was driving and she... Uh, had a little car trouble or something. My dad had been a mechanic and uh, somehow she just said, okay, dad, I need your help and everything. I think she took her foot off the gas and then everything was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she felt the presence. And so sometimes we do, but it's not always feeling. It, it's um, an awareness. And I would also say you have to give it time. It's not always right away. Sure. The, my second thought on this was related to a funeral that we've had. It was several years ago here, and the family had asked uh, for us to play a song during communion called I'll See You in the Eucharist. And it was such a, the, the words are beautiful, but to, to summarize the entire song, it's basically like, we believe that when we receive the Eucharist, when we are in the presence of Christ and we receive his presence, we encounter and are connected to everyone that has ever received him before us and after us. And so we encounter our loved ones there. And even at Mass, when we talk about, you know, before the Holy Holy, and you always go into with all of the angels and the saints, you know, we're joining. This, oh, I, I love that image. This song of yeah. the heaven. It's really, it's quite literally what I think of is in a lot of the old churches, particularly our cathedral, you know, in the, in the, the paintings in the ceiling where you have the, the, all the images of the saints and the angels. It's like, the heavens opening. And, or as, a, as the scripture says, the cloud of witnesses. Yeah, yeah. So, the, you know, this connection to people. And I think people also, you know, we, we have the sacramental grace of that. But we also, you know, our loved ones live through memory. On my phone, I have the only five voicemails I keep regularly are from my dad. Because I can't bring myself to delete those right. and lose his voice. Yeah. He's still on my favorites on my phone, too. I haven't deleted him. I bet your mom's not on your favorites on your cell phone. No, because she, she died way before right. I had a cell phone. But, right. I'll, but I'll tell you, I just last week I was thinking, what would happen if I called her number? Mm. I've called my dad's number. It doesn't do anything. Um, I was just curious if somebody else got I it. I wonder how long they retire a number before they assign it to someone else. I've tried my grandmother's number, too, because I, I have her home number memorized. Nobody's gotten her phone number either. Okay. So. I have a, a great idea. What? Let's talk about Sunday. That's good. The gospel reading. And well, before that. Oh, oh I was so close. You were okay. Close. I was well, just to wrap up the previous conversation, all are welcome if you want to remember anyone that you have yes. lost. Oh yeah. Uh, or this. just to pray because we are a community. It's uh, gonna be pray, pray for the other families. November second and uh seven PM. It's a Tuesday evening and that's our CIA evening, so I've already invited our CIA to be part of the prayer as well. Got it. I just felt like we needed that little wrap up. 
Okay. Now you may go to the gospel. Okay. <laughs> we are working our way through the gospel of Mark. Yes. We, we were in chapter 10 for a long time. And guess what? This week we are in chapter 12. 12. Now you should be asking the question, what's, what's in chapter what's 11? In chapter 11? Man, Why do you... I know you or do I know you? Do you know what's in chapter 11? I know my priest and he knows me. And, uh... <laughs> uh, no, I don't know what was in chapter 11. But, you know, I can see, they can't see, but here's a Bible sitting in front of us. And it's open, open to, to chap- Mark 11. Mark 11. Well, we've been going to Jerusalem. We've been on our way to Jerusalem and... Last week we were... That's a song. Up to Jerusalem, my Lord no. went to die. Right? That's a song. You, you just had too much coffee. Okay, calm down a little bit. Oh, okay, Keep going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we had uh, Bartimaeus on the road to Jerusalem. They had just come out of Jericho. They're going to Jerusalem. That's the end of chapter 10. Yeah. Chapter 11, they do enter Jerusalem. It's, dun, the dun, tri- dun, dun. it's uh, Palm Sunday. Oh, really? Yeah. So we're, skip, we're skipping it now because we had that on Palm Sunday. And it will come again next year. On... Yeah, Palm Sunday. But the not Sunday from Mark. Be- no, the Sunday before Easter. Right. So now we are in Jerusalem, and that's the setting for chapter 12. Uh, and we have, uh, there's only 16 chapters in all of the all of the book, and we have the patient account, and we have the resurrection accounts. How much happens between Palm Sunday and the last supper in mark well we're going to find out we have chapter 12 which has a number of settings and then we have chapter 13 so in our lectionary yeah uh, the feast of christ the king is november 21st which jumps to john's gospel so uh we have for the next uh, three weeks we have readings from chapter 12 and chapter 13 got it okay well let's read it Let's read Mark 12. Why don't you read it? Okay. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, the first is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You are right in saying he is one, and there is no other than he. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered with understanding, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to ask him any more questions. Okay. So, so we are winding up the year. Yeah, almost going back to the basics. Yeah. So, uh, this is really beautiful. But start off with that opening line, the first four words. Uh, one of the scribes. Right. One of the scribes. The, the scribes. <laughs> what seemed- is a scribe? What is and this? I, I think a lot of people just think of the scribes. Uh, you know, they see these uh, images from the Middle Ages when the the monks would be uh, copying the scriptures. You know, they'd be sitting there all day and copying, and maybe they would use calligraphy of some sort and sure. really or ornamental pictures. Yes, that's not it. What? 
Good, glad we talked about it. Okay. Well, what that, it, that's what, what I think people think the scribes are. Scribes, that's just really basically a scripture scholar. Okay. Uh, so the scholars of, in this case, of course, what we call the Old Testament, the, the scholars of the law, uh, scholars of the Pentateuch, the Torah. Yeah. So the scribes were, were well-versed. They had made a, a whole life out of studying. Okay. So is, it doesn't say he asked Jesus in a, in a entrapment way, you know. No, he could have just been inquisitive. He, he could have been inquisitive, but he also takes on the role of teacher because after Jesus answers, he affirms. He, it. he says, oh, "Well said." Yeah. Do you do that when you teach? Do you say, "Well done"? Actually, I have a piano student that says I never tell him that he does a good job, <laughs> which is not true. And this is I, one of your adult students. It's actually. Uh, one of my cousin's children, so he's family. I really should affirm him more, I suppose. Yeah. That, uh, shame on you. No, I really do. I do. Um, no, I do. Actually, sometimes, if I'm being really honest with you, I wonder if I tell people good job too much out of lack of something else to say, where we like, in an effort to try to build someone's so, so So when you say to me, good homily, you're just because oh, you, complete, you have not, nothing else to say. It's a complete lie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You just say it because you want me to think I'm I'm doing okay and and go back to doing some other business. Right. I just want to. I'm just trying to boost you up or get me out of the way. But I wonder if do we really save accolades for truly good things or do we just say good job because that's just what we tell people. Well, I I think I do it for both. I, I I'm pretty honest about telling people a good job, but I also. By the way, he never tells me that. But that's I, I once in a while. <laughs> Uh, you were especially good at Christmas last year. I wasn't here. Exactly. Oh, oh, that's right. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I like to tell people they do a good job, but I also find that brings out the better part. Yeah. They, they do better. Sure. So it's all—it's not just affirming what they've done, but it's motivating them to go ahead. Sure. But in this case, the scribe says to Jesus, uh, you are right in saying there is one. That's the first thing. There is only one God. We sort of take that for granted, but that that's pretty important. Yeah. And then to love him with all your heart, understanding, strength, and love your neighbor. Okay. Okay. So the scribe, by doing this, is basically saying, okay, Lord, I, I'm glad you said it because this is also my understanding of the scripture. Mm -hmm. And I am affirming you, but I'm also saying I'm on the same page with you. Mm -hmm. And somehow... He, the scribe is able to go beyond the little nuances of, like the Pharisees would get caught up on the, the little bits of the law instead of seeing the big picture. I think it's also important for context, because those listening to the podcast aren't reading the text. Jesus was quoting. It, he wasn't just reciting, or he just wasn't simply answering this. In guy. other words, it's written in italics. It's written in italics, but it's directly from the first reading for this weekend. And the first reading is from Deuteronomy. And De Deutero means second, nomos means law. So the book of Deuteronomy takes the, the Ten Commandments and basically spells them out. So Jesus is directly quoting from there, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Now, ever since I was a kid, I've thought about that line, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Just one alone is challenging. 
Well, think about it. It's it's does that is, does that leave anything out? Uh, I mean, it covers your whole existence, doesn't it? So if it's with sure. all your heart, that's kind of always been considered the, the core of who you are and certainly the core of your emotions. Right. Love with all your soul. Uh, again, without getting too uh, dualistic, because the, the Jews were not dualists. That was more the Greek world. Uh, dualism is, you know, body and soul completely separate, like the soul is trapped in the body. Okay. And the, the Jews did not feel that way. They, they saw a, a, a closer interconnection. Okay. Okay, so with all your soul, nonetheless, they saw the soul as the life force. As our spiritual being. Yeah, well, the life force, uh, the anima, the, that which, you know, um, that is what makes you who you are. Yeah. The, uh, the mind, of course, we do need to be thinkers. Sure. And we need to process. Your physical self. Well, yeah, I've, that's a tricky thing. The mind is the, not the same as the brain, but the mind is the connection between the physical and the non-physical self. Okay. And then the strength. Now, that's the physical. Oh, well, that's and, usually what I'm lacking. So yeah. clearly that would be hard and, for and me. And again, to... strength does not just mean, you know, only... Only Arnold Schwarzeneggers are able to uh, live the faith, you know, the ones who are strong and uh, go work out every day. Sure. It's more like uh, the strength in terms of your courage, uh -huh. the strength in terms of your living by your convictions. Yeah. And, and I think so many times uh, people get caught up on the emotions of faith, but forget it's also about what you do. Well, it's also relative. You know, there are plenty of people that are stronger than either one of us but you and I are also stronger than other people, but it doesn't make me or you weak or a child weak. They're strong and they're, they have their own strength in their own yeah. way. Well, I think, I don't know. Have you ever been put to the test where you had to live your strength? I bet when you were an RA uh, in the residence hall in college, you know, you saw stuff that you found not only that, undergraduates are doing stupid things and maybe <laughs> har harming themselves understatement but boss but also uh amoral sure i what came to mind for me actually was one of my best friends is this weekend is taking uh the uh physical test to become a firefighter and i thought oh boy boy would i love to see what's entailed in that and how bad i would be <laughs> okay so you're talking physical, physical physical okay i'm and i'm trying to expand it beyond physical to say strength of character yeah you have strength of character. Oh, I would hope so. You are quite a character. You do, well, we knew that. That's <laughs> that's why you hired me. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think there's multi-layers to it. This gospel reading, although we've heard these words many times before, is always challenging. It actually, it reminds me, there was a catchy little song on the radio probably 10 years ago now by Lincoln Brewster. You're sounding more and more like me when you say, oh, 10 years ago or 20 years. Well, there was this catchy little song uh, fit 40 years Does ago. Does that make you happy that I'm getting older? Oh, tremendously. Oh, good. I'm glad. Uh, but yeah, about 10 years ago by a guy named Lincoln Brewster. And the, the hook of the song was this line, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. So every time I hear this reading, I just sing the, the little refrain in my head. You, got, you can look it up. It's on YouTube. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. It'll be in your head all day. Uh, really? Yeah. It's okay. a very catchy little. It, I'm not saying it was a great song. I'm just saying it's it was a catchy little. That's ear. what that's what we call bubblegum. That's yeah. It just 
just get, but it helps. Honestly, it helps you memorize scriptures. So that's a good thing. Yeah. To, to internalize the word of God. Well, most of the time when people preach on this, they preach on the second part. Sure. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And furthermore, they, they preach on the yourself. So like you can't, the homilists will say things like, well, the truth is you have to love yourself. And, um, I think there is truth to that though. Yeah. But I, but I, but I also think sometimes it's just a cheap way out. I, I, I encounter many people that have a hard time accepting loving and forgiving themselves. Well, forgiving themselves. People are very harsh on themselves many times. Yeah. And then I want to objectively say from as an outsider, but you, I see you as a good person. I see you as a person of faith that is seeking God in their lives. But the human element, the human condition makes us, we are sinful as a res- and imperfect as a result of that. But through the grace of the sacraments, we can be healed and continue to grow closer to God. We have to love our neighbor. Now, again, that whole question is, Jesus answers that in Luke's gospel. Well, who is my neighbor? Mm. And the neighbor is not just the ones that are easy to love. Sure. Or the ones who are like us with the same complexion or religion. Right. Or uh, ethnic background. Right. Jesus goes way beyond that. It's called the story of the Good Samaritan. Well, the Samaritan is the hero of the story. Right. And he was certainly not well looked upon by the the people in general. That's hard to do on many levels because I think people get so busy and wrapped up in life. It's hard to sometimes look beyond their everyday. But we have to love God and neighbor and self, the threefold. All right, let's try it this weekend, my friends. Uh, We'll see you this weekend for the 31st Sunday on October 31st. Well done. All right, we'll see you.